After 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
that it's hard to commit to it. You say that it's hard standing still. Don't you know that I spend all my nights counting backwards the days till I'm Maccabees home seems to be a theme this week here at JM in the AM. The theme of home. A lot about Aliyah, a lot about heading home to the uh, Holy Land. Uh, a lot of people uh, uh, went to uh, Israel this week with Nefesh Benefesh on their July charter flight, and that certainly made an impact. And I'm I'm glad, by the way, I got emails this morning reflecting the fact that uh, my conversations with Matis Weingast this week both before and after the flight, uh, people enjoyed them a lot. <laughs> we had some, we had a good time as Zamatis uh, was again the designated viewer of the uh, Nefesh Benefesh ceremony and celebration in Israel. So that was fun. And then, of course, yesterday, home. Uh, for a lot of people, Camp Hask is home. It's amazing. Uh, every time we go there, we get the feeling that the uh, Hask family just continues to extend and uh, continues to add more and more people to it with uh, incredible staff members this summer and wonderful campers, etc. And uh, I want to thank Rib Judah and everybody up there that made it such a wonderful visit uh, back on Tuesday afternoon so we could do Wednesday morning's program up from Camp Hask. It's a Thursday morning broadcast on this July 16th, day 29, in the month of Tammuz, the year 5775. Tough Shinai and Hay, 65 degrees, 59% humidity, winds northeast at 13 with gusts. Up to 17 miles an hour. Pretty cool out there compared to the way it's been. It's only 65. Partly cloudy today with a high 82. Tonight, mostly clear, low 66. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, a high temperature of 80. Yerushalayim is at 85. Up in Guilford, New York, our friends at Camp Missora. I was there. I was there Tuesday night. We had a great time up in Camp Missora Tuesday night. I want to thank everybody up there. Joseph Stansky and Ari Katz and their incredible staff. 
And uh, today they're going to be, they're waking up to 49 degrees out there, 49 degrees up in Guilford, New York, pretty chilly. Uh, they're heading up to 79 with sunny weather, and then it, it looks like it'll start getting warmer as this week continues. That's the way it looks as we head toward the weekend, I should say. Uh, but in a lot of places, a, uh, a little bit of a chill last night. Things cooled off. Visiting day for a lot of camps this coming Sunday. When you are on the road this coming Sunday morning, make sure you're tuned in to Matas Weingast on the NSN app or on our telephone listen line. Uh, you literally, and a lot of people out there have, uh, have plans where they just have, you know, free calling. Uh, you can call as much as you want. So you could uh, call our listen line at 605-562-4400. 605-562-4400. And you could literally just listen in, uh, the entire time to our incredible stream, the uh, NSN Nahum Siegel Network. Um, so you could do that uh, 24 hours a day. Heading up to camp this Sunday, most visiting days, the gates open at 11 a.m., so for a lot of people, they'll be on the road during JM Sunday with Matis until 9 o'clock, and then you can enjoy our incredible programming after that. So keep that in mind, no matter where you are. And I thank those around the world who tune in on the NSN app on a regular basis, and, of course, those who are listening on their computers and iPods and iPads and all the other methods that people use to be part of this radio broadcast it is much appreciated. Uh, so a lot of statements being made. And tomorrow when Malcolm Honline joins us, we'll certainly be able to get into some of the reaction of, um, of world leaders to the um, deal with Iran. U.S. National Security Advisor Susan Rice said on Wednesday that the U.S. would look at ways to deepen its security cooperation with Israel, a strident opponent of the nuclear deal reached with Iran. We'll be looking forward, if the Israelis are interested and willing, they haven't said so yet, to discuss with them how we might further deepen and strengthen our security and intelligence cooperation, Rice told Reuters in an interview. She added that U.S. Defense Secretary Ash Carter was set to travel to Israel and Saudi Arabia this weekend as part of the effort to convince partners in the region about the benefits of the deal. Uh, this you can find, by the way, on the Jerusalem Post website, the story about uh, Susan Rice and her reaction to all this and the the offer to sit down with the Israelis and uh, you know and do what's possible uh, in terms of security. Um, that's all there in that story. And um, we'll see what happens here in the United States. the The reaction I find fascinating. I really find it fascinating. I wonder if it means anything to anybody here who continues to analyze this deal that the majority of Israelis are against it. It's so funny to me that they that people are constantly trying to justify the deal and discuss how the people on this side of the world who negotiated the deal are experts in foreign policy when dare put Israel and or the United States in danger. And yet they never cite that the majority of Israelis are against this. It's funny to me. Um, anyway, APAC called on Congress to reject the Iran nuclear deal, saying it does not meet critical markers that the influential pro-Israel lobby outlined in recent weeks. The liberal Jewish Middle East lobby, J Street, announced a multi-million dollar campaign to support the agreement. The uh, American-Israel Public Affairs Committee, APAC, made its case against 
In a statement Wednesday delivered after President Obama conducted a news conference of more than an hour defending the deal achieved a day earlier, AIPAC said we strongly believe that the alternative to this bad deal is a better deal. Congress should reject this agreement and urge the administration to work with our allies to maintain economic pressure on Iran while offering to negotiate a better deal that will truly close off all Iranian paths to a nuclear weapon. Under the law, Congress may disapprove the deal. AIPAC's call to reject the agreement achieved between six world powers and Iran will make it likelier that Congress will send Obama a no, although it's unlikely that opponents will have the numbers to override the veto that Obama has pledged to deliver. This approval requires a simple majority in the House and the Senate. Overriding a veto requires the two-thirds in both chambers. On Tuesday, AIPAC had expressed skepticism about the deal, but held back from calling for its rejection until its details became clearer. A number of other major Jewish groups have expressed reservations about the pact, but only a handful have come out absolutely on either side. Israel rejected the deal immediately, plans to lobby Congress to reject it. In a show of unity, Isaac Herzog, the leader of the opposition Zionist Union Party, is coming to Washington next week to lobby against the deal. APEC said the deal did not meet key markers that had circulated since June. Among other complaints, APEC noted the agreement does not grant inspectors immediate access to sites, lifts restrictions as early as eight years, does not require the dismantling of centrifuges and allows sanctions relief before compliance, although Obama administration officials have said that sanctions will not be lifted until Iran meets certain markers. The lobby appeared to challenge claims by Obama made as recently as his Wednesday news conference that the likeliest alternative to the deal was war. Proponents of the proposed agreement will argue that the only alternative to this agreement is military conflict, APAC said. In fact, the reverse is true. A bad agreement such as this will invite instability and unclear proliferation. It will embolden Iran and may encourage regional conflict. J Street announced, and I continue to read from the Jerusalem Post, J Street announcing its campaign Wednesday said it will make the case to lawmakers that the agreement advances both U.S. and Israeli security interests. The lobby has raised $2 million so far for the drive. J Street wants Congress to know that despite some loud opposition to the deal coming from Jewish organizational leaders, our polling suggests that a clear majority of Jewish Americans agree with us and back the deal. The campaign will launch this week with a 30-second TV ad highlighting the unprecedented, inspe- unprecedented inspections and monitoring of Iran's nuclear military sites under the agreement, along with more broadcast and print ads over the next 60 days. Obama, in his news conference, asked lawmakers not to heed lobbyists in considering the deal. Earlier Wednesday, his vice president, Joe Biden, had met Democratic lawmakers in a closed session to persuade them to back a deal. <laughs> so lawmakers should not listen to pressure that lobbyists may consider, but they certainly should listen to the pressure the vice president's putting on. Anyway, um, he had met with Democratic lawmakers in a closed session to persuade them to back a deal. Republicans overwhelmingly oppose the deal. The president seemed eager to counter criticism of the deal. Quote, he said, with this deal, we cut off every one of Iran's pathways to a nuclear program, a nuclear weapons program. So there you have it. We'll have a chance to analyze all this further, of course, tomorrow morning. Malcolm Holmline's going to join us, and we'll talk about the deal. We'll discuss um, what happened this week, how the P5 plus one have uh, reached this point, what President Obama has to say, the reaction of Prime Minister Netanyahu and others in Israel, and this congressional battle, this congressional battle, which is going to be very interesting to watch. And uh, on the subject of um, listening to pressure and heeding the, uh, the words of the president that people should not take into account lobbyists and those who are trying to pressure 
uh, members of Congress a certain way. It, it will be an interesting irony when the White House goes ahead and sends out its own army of personnel to convince members of Congress a certain way. So I don't know how fair that is. Uh, but again, all this we will discuss uh, tomorrow. Malcolm Holmline will join us 740 tomorrow right here at JM in the AM. And um, we'll take it from there. I have emailed the office of um, Senator Chuck Schumer. I have emailed the office of Senator Chuck Schumer. Now, to be fair, this email went out relatively late last night. Uh, and uh, offices obviously don't always read email overnight. Uh, although in the case of uh, Senator Schumer office, I would bet they do because they're so conscientious about this stuff. But anyway. Uh, so we're waiting for a response, and we are hoping that he, in fact, will join us at some point uh, to discuss the uh, preliminary battle that's going to be happening now in the next few days in uh, Congress, and obviously will come to a head at some point in the next 30 to 60 days. Uh, so hopefully Senator Schumer will join us at some point. He has, as you know, many times publicly declared how he is the guardian of the Jewish people, and of Jewish neighborhoods, and obviously of Jewish countries, in this case Israel. And um, we would hope he would be out there with a loud uh, vocal presentation against this deal, but who knows, we'll see what happens. So hopefully he'll join us at some point, and obviously we encourage everybody in this audience. Uh, there are so many states represented by this audience. When we do our fundraiser, what is it, like 23, 24, 25 states check in from around this country. You each have two senators. You each have two senators. If they are against the deal, they should be encouraged. If they're, if they're for the deal, they should be spoken to and advised what's going on and why it's important to them, for them to listen to everyone's opinion on this matter. So please, uh, in the New York, New Jersey area, you know who the senators are. Uh, and we encourage you to write to them and be in touch with them, especially this time of year when many of them are back here in this area. Uh, and uh, our senators in general, the four that serve in the New York, New Jersey area, uh, a lot of influence. Obviously, Senator Schumer goes without saying, but he, but all of them have uh, have a significant amount of influence when it comes to uh, um, the machinations of the United States Senate and their colleagues. So we ask you, we ask everybody out there to uh, hop aboard and uh, become spokespeople and to let your uh, U.S. senators know how you feel about this deal. In addition to that, there are mem many members of the House, and everybody listening in the United States of America has a representative. They also should be encouraged uh, in the same way uh, to consider all sides when it comes to this deal. If they are against the deal, obviously, if you feel that the deal is bad, they should be encouraged and supported. There's a lot of work to be done, and everybody out there can play a role, that's for sure. J.M. and the A.M. Thursday on this Erev Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh Menachem Av is tonight. The nine days begin tonight. Tonight at Mariv, we'll say Yalaviyavo. And tomorrow, of course, will be a Rosh Chodesh day. Uh, a Friday Rosh Chodesh. Make sure to be tuned in here. And um, as the nine days begin, and we think of this time of year, it is a good time to do our best to support Israel and to make it as strong as possible. And to be proactive in all of this. And not just sit idly by and uh, and wait for things to happen. If we do that, God knows what will happen. JM and the AM, more coming up.
at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial, and around the world in the web. Jamintheam.org.
J.M. in the A.M. Thursday morning. Uh, yes, I, <laughs> there's a listener on the app who, who told me that, um, most camps had visiting days this past Sunday. Correct. I don't know about most, but certainly a large number of camps had visiting days this past Sunday. The camps that have one visiting day, most of them have visiting day this coming Sunday. So those were two visiting days, yes. Uh, most of those camps had visiting day this past Sunday, but those who have one, most of them will have visiting day this coming Sunday. Glad I was able to clear that up. If you have a comment on our app, no problem. If you want, if you'd like to comment on our app or leave a comment for us on the app, no problem. Go to the NSN app. The home screen gives you a chance to add a comment. And you could do that and, uh, let us know what uh, message you want to give us. A big thank you to everybody up at Camp Hask. We had an amazing, amazing time up there on Tuesday afternoon to do Wednesday's program. And a lot of social media, a lot of people commenting about the uh, the show from up at Hask. We met a lot of great people, a lot of counselors, a lot of campers, a lot of longtime campers as well, some great staff members, and uh, really had a nice time conveying. I hope we were able to convey just how special a place it is. So thank you, Cam Pask, and a big thank you to those who are listening on the NSN app right now and waking up to JM and the AM in Parksville, New York. Three minutes before 7 o'clock on a Thursday. Oh, by the way, a special thank you and dedication of our visit to Camp Pask to our friends at J Drugs. Ronnie and Larry Birnbaum, how, how I wish I would have remembered, especially during the conversation about uh, the medical center, and the incredible work that the uh, that the doctors and the nursing staff does up at Camp Hask, how I, how I wish I would have remembered during that segment that um, that Hask is one of the many camps that our friends at J Drugs, Ronnie and Larry Birnbaum, uh, provide that uh, very special service for. You know, where the medications are allocated and uh, and sealed in their specific delivery uh, packages small little delivery packages for a uh, you know on a regular daily basis maybe even more than you know once a day i would assume so so a big thank you and a big shout out from uh, everybody at camp Hask to j drugs avenue j brooklyn new york and all their great locations that's uh, ronnie and larry birnbaum and their amazing staff and of course every single time the concert rolls around they are at the forefront of not just support for the concert, but enthusiasm about the concert and everything that Hask does uh, during each and every summer. So a big shout-out to them from all of us here at JM in the AM. Tomorrow morning on this broadcast, Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, will give us an opportunity to learn more about this deal with Iran, the P5 plus 1 deal. And we'll have a chance to analyze reaction from Jerusalem and from Washington and from wherever else. And it should be a very interesting couple of months now as this congressional battle will be waged. should be very, very interesting. We'll see what happens. And there's a role that everybody uh, in this audience can play, especially those who live in the United States. And that's the majority of this audience, so... uh Get ready because you're going to be encouraged, rightfully so, to uh, contact your members of the House of Representatives, members of the United States Senate that serve in your state so that you could have uh, some influence on um, what will happen in the Middle East and what will happen in Washington regarding the final decision on this deal. All right, so tune in tomorrow, 740 Malcolm Honline right here 
at JM in the AM. I want to remind everybody that we have an incredible, and I mean incredible, lineup all through the day. Some incredible encore programming, shows that have aired before that will be repeated today uh, during the three weeks on this Erev Rosh Chodesh Av. Uh, the boardroom with Charlie Harari will feature Michael Davis of Plymouth Group and Elliot Lassen of uh, Job Link of Maryland. Jew in the City Speaks will feature Mike Dube and Yoni Greenstein, founders of the Sharing Seats organization. Um, that's life. Miriam L. Wallach will feature by Dr. Jay Goldman's author of the Koren Anitzvila weekday sitter. Such an amazing sitter. And the stunt show will be the barbecue extravaganza between 1 and 3 o'clock with Mark Zamek and Naomi Nachman. Yes, a transition from the three weeks to the nine days with a great barbecue special. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial broadcasting live. From the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Golly, it's all in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. I guess the Iran deal will be somewhere in the headlines, right? That's what I would guess. Isaac Herzog, leader of the opposition, coming to the United States next week. Imagine that. To lobby Congress. Galit Sal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for Thursday's next Boker Tov from JMM. גלי צהל השעה שתיים, כאן שיבל קרמי מנסור עם מה שקורה עכשיו. הותר לפרסום כי פוענח רצח החקלאי דוד בר כפרה בשפלה. במשטרה אומרים שמדובר בשוט שהסתבך ולא בפיגוע. כתבתנו הדס שטייף. שני תושבי שטחים הם החשודים ברצח החקלאי דוד בר כפרה בין השבעים בחרם הענבים שלו במושב בדיה. השניים תושבי לקיה הבחינו בבר כפרה מסיים עסקה עם סוחר ענבים. כשעזב את המקום ניגשו אליו ודרשו את כספו. רב, היכו אותו במקל בכל חלקי גופו ונמלטו מהמקום, לא לפני שחיפשו כסף על גופו. השניים נעצרו בידי היחידה המרכזית של מחוז המרכז. בני משפחת בר כפרה, הטוענים שהרקע לאומני מסרו, אפילו השב"כ מודה שמדובר בפעילי טרור, לא נוותר עד שהצדק יצא לאור. מבקר המדינה בודק את עלויות אירוע הפרידה מהמפכ"ל היוצא יוחנן דנינו, כתבנו ישי שנרב. המבקר שפירא פנה למלא מקומו של דנינו ניצב בן סיסאו ודרש לקבל מסמכים ומידע על האופן שבו נערכו האירועים לרגל פרישתו של המפכ"ל. על פי הודעת המבקר הוא פותח בבירור הטענות לפיהן נערכו בחודשים האחרונים טקסי פרידה מדנינו בכל תחנות המשטרה. בנוסף, חוקר המבקר את אירוע הפרישה המרכזי של דנינו, שנערך לפני שבועיים בעלות של מיליונים במכללה הלאומית לשוטרים. פעילי טרור בסיני תקפו ספינה של צבא מצרים מול חופי רפיח וניסו לחסל את צוותה. דובר צבא מצרים מסר שהחיילים השיבו אש וכי דלקה פרצה על הסיפון. כתבנו ג'קי חוגי מוסר שלא נאמר אם היו נפגעים. גילויים חדשים בתחקיר גל"צ על התנהלותו הכספית של חבר הכנסת אראל מרגלית, ראש דסק התחקירים אבנר הופשטיין. למרות שחבר הכנסת מרגלית מבהיר כי התנתק מהקרן שהקים, בימים האחרונים אנשיו תדרכו את בכירי הקרן כיצד לענות לפניות עיתונאים בנושא. שורה ארוכה של בכירים נמנעו מלענות על שאלות, אך לא הכחישו את הממצאים. הישראלים משלמים בממוצע 12 שקלים ו-80 אגורות בחודש על ניהול חשבון הבנק. כתבתנו יונה לייבזון מוסרת שמדובר בירידה של שקל ו-20 בהשוואה לנטול המקביל אשתקד. מהסקירה של בנק ישראל עולה שהבנק היקר ביותר בניהול החשבון מבין הבנקים הגדולים הוא הבנק הבינלאומי עם 16 שקלים בחודש בממוצע, ואילו הזול ביותר הוא הפועלים עם 12 שקלים. חברת האשראי עם דמי החזקת הכרטיס הגבוהים ביותר היא קל, הנמוכים ביותר בישראכרט. 
סך ההכנסות של הבנקים מעמלות הסתכמו בשנה שעברה ב-7 מיליארד ו-600 מיליון שקלים. התחזית עלייה קלה נוספת בטמפרטורות, ולסיום, עולם האסטרונומיה חוגג את הצילומים ההיסטוריים מכוכב הלכת הננסי, פלוטו. מנהל מצפה הכוכבים בגבעתיים, יגאל פתאל, סיפר הבוקר לטלי ליפקין שחק על הגילוי החשוב. התמונות הן מדהימות, כוכב לכת שהוא מאוד מעניין, מאוד מפתיע, רואים עליו הרים, יש איזה שרשרת הרים של שלושה וחצי קילומטר גובה. במינוס 240 מעלות צלזיוס, אז לכן אנחנו לא יכולים לדבר על חיים שם. אלה החדשות שעורך הדר שיפר. Vegas here at JM in the AM. That's the Shira Choir. Acapella, three weeks format as we get ready for the nine days. That's right. Tonight begins Rosh Chodesh Menachem Av, the first of the nine days. We're actually going to stay with our um, three weeks format until Shabbos. And uh, then on Monday, we will switch to our nine days format. On Monday, in addition to Rabbi Wine's lectures, uh, which is a tradition for us here at JM in the AM, we will go to... Um, my father's eulogy of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, a very, very uh, popular piece, a popular presentation from uh, 21 years ago. Uh, we'll do that Monday morning. It should be in the 8 o'clock hour. I'm, it's possible there'll be a last-minute move on that, but it should be in the 8 o'clock hour, starting at 8, Monday morning at JMNAM. Zerav Rosh Chodesh, that's right. Tonight we'll say Yalav Yavu. Tonight we'll begin Rosh Chodesh Menachem Ava. One day Rosh Chodesh is Friday. A one-day Rosh Chodesh. Tomorrow, Malcolm Honline joins us here at JM in the AM. Talk more about the deal. Uh, a big thank you to our friends at Camp Hask. We had an amazing time there on uh, on Tuesday afternoon when we recorded yesterday morning's show. 
I said that there's a, a lot of family stuff going on this week between Nefesh Benefesh and Cam Pask, a very big family atmosphere here at JM and the AM. And boy, there is no question that there's a tremendous feeling of, of family and camaraderie up in Parksville, New York this summer and every summer on the Hask campus. So a big good morning to the staff and campers up at Hask. I hope they're tuned in in Parksville listening to JM and the AM as they get ready for the day. And, um, it was really an amazing visit. 65 degrees outside with partly cloudy weather and a high temperature of 82. Before the Shira Choir and before our newscast, you heard the Y Studs with Mivan Siach. Kol Ish had Ve'alu. You heard Imesh Gachech from Songs of the Three Weeks. And the Maccabees had Home in there as well, speaking of Home, here at JM the AM. Eight minutes after the hour, more coming up on a JM in the AM Thursday. Don't forget, we have a listen line that allows you to tune in no matter where you are around the world. All you got to do is call into the listen line. And uh, you can hear the entire stream. You can hear everything that's going on. Uh, and a lot of people have that free calling from their phone. Makes it much easier and much less expensive for them. Uh, 605-562-4400. 605-562-4400. That is the listen line. You can hear all of our great programming all through the day if you would dial in with that number. So there's your opportunity to do so and to uh, enjoy our great programming. Tomorrow morning, Malcolm Homeline, a great opportunity for uh, people around the world to tune in via the Listen Line or via the NSN app. If you want to hear things clearly, if you want to uh, make sure no matter where you are, you'll be able to tune in, make sure to check out the NSN app where you can comment on the home screen of the app and let us know what you're uh, thinking of. Uh, vis-a-vis this radio program. Um, so that's just uh, a very easy and wonderful feature of the NSN app that you can comment on the spot. want to remind everybody that the Stop Iran rally is Wednesday. Stop Iran now. That's the headline. Wednesday, July 22nd, 5.30 p.m. at Times Square, 42nd Street and 7th Avenue, in New York City, rally for peace through strength. Many distinguished speakers, an incredible number of organizations sponsoring the event, both Jewish and not. And everybody is encouraged to, um, everyone's encouraged to be there, uh, this coming Wednesday, six days from now in Times Square. Um, I want to remind everybody that the second most powerful Democrat in the United States Senate is a a United States senator that serves in New York State, and that's, of course, Senator Schumer. Um, We are recommending that you let him know how you feel about the deal with Iran. Uh, The phone number is 202-224-6542. If you're a resident of New York State, if you're a resident of New York State, you may want to take down this number uh, that allows you to let Senator Schumer know what you think of the deal P5 plus 1 and Iran. 202-224-6542. All right. And we thank you for that. Jam and the aim at 11 minutes after the hour. Believe it or not, this is an acapella selection. It's Yehuda Glanz. Ya ma 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 
Shalala, yes, sir. Malatu tobe lora, 
Wonder if the people from Oreo know what kind of, uh, I don't know if they'd appreciate the mispronunciation of Oreo though. <laughs> Maybe there are two possibilities of how to pronounce it. I'm not sure. Uh, that's everything we eat is milchik. That's the song with the eggplant parmesan in it. Uh, that one of our listeners cited last week when uh, Miriam L. Wallach and I got into a conversation about, uh, foods for the nine days. 
Uh, AKA Pella had eight Chayim. You heard Aishas Chayim done by Bitachon. Thursday, JM and the AM, 65 degrees, partly cloudy, high 82. Um, tomorrow, an opportunity to explore this uh, interesting deal with Iran. Uh, Malcolm Holmine will join us tomorrow. Weekly update starts at uh, 7.40 tomorrow morning right here at JM and the AM. Make sure to be tuned in. You have the NSN app. You have our listen line. Tune in and enjoy. Oh, speaking of the NSN app, um, speaking of the NSN app, listener Willie is out there tuned in in Beit Shemesh celebrating the birth of a grandson, Mazal Tov. He let us know through the comment section on the NSN app. I thank him for that and wish a very special Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. There you go. Oh, if he's in Beit Shemesh, I think Rabbi Yudin is in Beit Shemesh now, if I'm not mistaken. He'll join us from Israel tomorrow at about 8.15 with words about our Parshiot, our Torah portions of the week. Erev Rosh Chodesh Menachem the nine days begin tonight. The nine days begin tonight. We get into our full nine days uh, format on Monday here at JM in the AM. Uh, my father's eulogy of the Lubavitcher Rebbe will be included in that. That happens Monday here at JM in the AM. Uh, had an amazing time yesterday's program up at Camp Hask. I want to give a special shout out to Larry and Ronnie Birnbaum. J Drugs. I mentioned uh, earlier in the show how when we were when we were discussing uh, the incredible medical staff and how they have a team now of 25 people dealing with uh, medical and medicinal issues on the Hass campus, which is unbelievable. I said uh, earlier in the show I can't believe that I forgot to uh, mention the incredible work and the support system that J Drugs in uh, Brooklyn, New York, and all their locations uh, give to that specific department and, of course, the entire camp has. So a big shout-out to Larry and Ronnie Birnbaum and everybody at J Drugs. When you go in, you could uh, thank them for being an incredible help to everybody up at Hask and so many other camps as well with their uh, medicine distribution service. So a big shout-out to them from all of us here at JM in the AM. 7.30 in the morning. It's Thursday. Thanks for joining us. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. The Gemara in the Dorim poses the question, Why was the Beis Hamikdash destroyed? Why were we exiled from our land? We learn that this was asked of the Chachomim and the Nevi'im. They were unable to answer the question until Hashem himself, Kavyachol, explained it. The reason given for the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash was that B'nai Yisrael no longer recited the Berchus HaTorah first prior to learning. The great Sadiq Rabbi Yitzhak Blazer says in his Sefer Koich Ve'ar that this Gemara is interesting because we can observe that the question is even more complex. The difficulty is in how Klal Yisrael declined to such a degree in their own Avodah Hashem that it precipitated the decree by Hashem to destroy the Beis Amikdosh. In connection to this, two Gemaras are cited. Chazal tell us in Kedushin, that Hashem said, I created the Sahara, I created the Torah as an antidote. Furthermore, we learn in Masech the Saita that the Torah shields us and protects us when we're involved in learning Torah. The obvious question is, the people of that generation, they were involved in Torah learning continually. Their only transgression was that they didn't make the bracha tchila. How is it possible then? that the Torah didn't safeguard them and prevent them from sinking to such a low level that it ultimately resulted 
in the destruction of the Besamikdosh. Some of Farshim offer the explanation that the people felt that the pleasure derived from learning could only be attained after it was understood and they had totally grasped its concepts. A brach, on the other hand, is made when the enjoyment one anticipates is a given. They therefore made a determination on their own that they couldn't make the bracha before they had actually engaged in the study of Torah. The Sefer Leismet so comments that Tchila, first, is the key to what transpired. The learning of Torah in itself was not a Tchila, a priority in their life. The Vilna Goin clarifies this view with the Gemara. We learned that at one point, when David was fleeing from Shola Melech, he came close enough to Shaul that he was able to stiltily cut off a corner of Shaul's robe. Subsequently, we learn in Melochim that David Melech was old. They covered him with garments, but he did not become warm. Clothing are intended to warm one's body. This is a special bequest from Hashem. However, after David displayed disrespect to the article of clothing, Hashem's gift no longer had the power it was intended for, and its capacity to warm the body was removed. So to a Torah, the spiritual power of Torah provides a protection against the bad. However, if the person mistreats the Torah and doesn't give the Torah its due respect, he doesn't make the Berchus a Torah before learning, then his Torah no longer possesses the gift or power to save him from the Sahara. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
Before 8 o'clock in morning, it's Thursday, and this July 16th, the 29th of Tammuz. It's Erev Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh Menachem Av begins the nine days tonight, a one-day Rosh Chodesh, Friday. Uh, our community calendar online has a whole bunch of great stuff that uh, you might be interested in, including on uh, July 22nd, which is this coming um, Wednesday, the Pua Benefit Barbecue is happening in Lawrence, New York, at the home of the Honig family. If you go to the community calendar section of jmnam.org, uh, you'll see all the details regarding that PUA event at the Honig family. Again, that's Wednesday night, July 22nd. I want to remind everybody before that at 5.30 p.m. on Wednesday, July 22nd, that is the Stop Iran Now rally with many distinguished speakers and an incredible number of sponsoring organizations. Stop Iran Now, July 22nd, Times Square, 42nd Street, 7th Avenue, New York City. 
So get ready for that rally. I hope it'll be well attended. We uh, have an opportunity tomorrow morning to discuss the Iran uh, deal uh, in depth with Malcolm Holmline. He'll join us tomorrow morning at 7:40 for the weekly update. There is a um, an interesting reaction from um, people here in the United States. Uh, APAC has come out against the deal. J Street uh, seems to love the deal. Uh, there is a an effort that um, is going on out of Washington to um, convince lawmakers not to listen to lobbyists who come to Washington to lobby against the deal and to listen to the vice president and others who are essentially, I guess, lobbying in the uh, halls of Congress um, for the deal. Uh, we have an opportunity here. We have an opportunity to make our voices heard, to contact every member of the United States House of Representatives and the New York and the uh, United States Senate to express our concerns, our praise, our criticism of this deal with Iran. Uh, when we um, uh, raise money to support JMNAM every single year, there are people who check in from uh, 25 to 30 states around this country. Every one of us has a member of the United States House of Representatives. Every one of us has two United States senators that sit in important power seats in our states. And in New York especially, we have some very influential senators, including the uh, second most powerful member of Congress. I refer, of course, to Senator Schumer. By the way, we invited last night, we invited Senator Schumer on this show. To be fair, it was late last night, so I don't even know if his staff saw the email yet. Uh, but we are hoping at some point he'll get on the air to discuss things with us. Uh, you may want to call his office if you're a New York State resident and make your voice heard on this issue of the deal with Iran. This is going to be an important battle in Washington that's going to be waged. Senator Schumer, we have a feeling, is going to be an important figure in this battle. Uh, he has always he has always declared that he is, in fact, the watchman, the shomer, if you will, of the Jewish people, the Jewish communities, the Jewish neighborhoods. Um, let's make sure he remembers that this time and remind him that the majority of Israelis are against this deal, and they're the ones who most likely are going to have to get involved if this deal is not a successful one. Um, and many of them, God forbid, could pay an ultimate price. So please, contact your senator, your member of the House. Make your voice heard. Hey, I want to give a special shout-out to our friends at Our Mayor of Bracha. Apparently, our friends at Our Mayor of Bracha were uh, helped today, and the video is up on the YouTube, they were helped today by uh, our friends at the NCSY Give Program. Gorgeous day in Jerusalem, I must say. Uh, the NCSY Give Program, which really concentrates on tremendous chesed activities in the state of Israel during their summer program. Kudos to NCSY and their summer programs. Uh, they stopped by Ormei Urbracha in the center of Jerusalem and helped out in putting together all the uh, bags and boxes for distribution to needy families. So a big shout-out to Leora Teji, who's been a guest on this show, and everybody at Armeo Bracha, and, of course, to the leadership and the uh, participants of the NCSY Give program. Uh, they had an amazing day in Jerusalem earlier today. Five minutes before 8 o'clock. More coming up at JM in the AM. Keep it here at 91.1 FM. 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial, and around the world in the web, jmtheam.org.
America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Everybody, Steve Weil is with us. He is the uh, man- senior managing director at the OU. And he is part, again, of... Um, one of the most amazing, uh, if a Tisha B'Av presentation can be amazing, the OU has uh, figured out a way to make it amazing. You know, it's funny, and I was just uh, alluding to this with Ari Weil a moment ago off the air, uh, the OU is certainly synonymous with the Kashrus, obviously. We know that kosher food is uh, synonymous with the Orthodox Union. Um, in many ways, with political advocacy as well, the OU, one of the sponsors of the rally coming up on Wednesday to Stop Iran Now rally, Whoever thought the OU would become synonymous with Tishabov, Rabbi Stephen Weil, welcome back to JM and the AM. What an honor to be here. I mean, Kashros, that's a really cool thing. And political advocacy, what's wrong with that? But now the OU is synonymous with Tishabov Day? I mean, come on. Uh, you know what? God willing, we make it a meaningful and the most powerful day of the year. No question that's about it. That's our goal. Well, I've heard it and I've um, tuned in. And the presentations are simply unbelievable. And the Orthodox Union is uh, is going for it again. The OU Tishabov 2015 webcast, which obviously is Sunday, July 26th, the week from this coming Sunday, is called Holiness and Heroism in Times of Horror. Both Rabbi Weinrib and Rabbi Weil will present. This has uh, become really a uh, a web tradition on Tishabov. You can go to ou.org slash Tishabov, uh, not only for the information, but actually for the uh, live feed. 
And this goes on for hours and hours. I mean, not only are you, and you're the presenter, so you may have an advantage in terms of the stamina to sit there for hours and hours, but you have a crowd that is with you the entire time listening to your words, in addition to everybody who's tuned in on the web. Yeah, we get probably about five, 600 people down in South Florida. There are a few shuls that join in on that. Uh, Delray Beach, Young Israel, Deerfield Beach, they come over to BRS. And as well, we get about 4,000 viewers on the web, on OU.org. I'll tell you, this year, I've been exposed to an amazing woman, uh, Rebetzin Esther Farbstein. Yeah. So she teaches at Michalala. Her mm-hmm. husband is the Rosh Hashiva of Hebron. Right. She's an orthodox, a fantastic historian, a Holocaust historian. And what she has done is just provided material that unfortunately has not, we've not been exposed to as, as a world, and we should have been exposed to. So a lot of her material I'm going to be incorporating into the explanation of the kinos. It's funny because uh, both you and Rabbi Weinrib each year introduce material that that many of us who have been to many, many a Tishab of service, including in summer camp where we, where we tend to delve into things for many hours, you hit us with material that none of us are familiar with. Now you're saying there'll be additional material like that for this year? That, and, and I had the great honor this year of, I, I don't want to call it an honor, as the sad honor of being in Lithuania, Hungary, Poland. So on that trip, also picked up new material. Unbelievable. Rabbi Stephen Weil is here. The Tishabov program will be, of course, on the OU website. Why would five or six hundred people on a difficult day, you have to admit, Tishabov is not an easy day physically and in many other ways. Why would it, why would Tishabov become a hit the way it has, the way the OU presents it? I'll tell you, we all owe gratitude. And this is, I think, anyone who teaches Kinos and learns Kinos, Rabbi Soloveitchik turned the Kinos into an open book. You know, we have on the OU Press Rabbi right. Soloveitchik Kinos with a commentary. But those 12 years, I listened to the recordings from Boston. Abe Lovovitz recorded right. that. When literally people from all over America would come to the Maimonides Yeshiva in Brookline, and, and the Rav, the way that he did with, for instance, the, the Musaf on Rosh Hashanah with the Piyutim on Yom Kippur, he took it and he opened it up. And it made it so powerful. So the day, instead of it being a a day that you dread, becomes a day that really opens your mind, your heart, creates a bond with the Almighty. It changes you Jewishly. Not to be too dramatic, but one could say that the Rav, in fact, was the father of the modern-day approach to Kinnis, I guess we could say, right? The way people spend their Tisha B'Av now. Kinnis used to be a... A painstaking, in many cases, I hate to say it, boring procedure for many people for a long, long time. And this is sort of a revolution. And if someone would have told you that you'd be, a, that, that one of the, your highest profile days of the year would be, would be Tishabov. That would have been hard to believe. You know what I mean? Oh, man. I would have thought, what kind of psychologist do I need? Exactly. But, but you know what it is? The, the Ibn Ezra has an interesting comment at the beginning of the fifth parak of Eicha. He's very critical of the Kalir. He says, you write material that people can't understand. Right. So even in medieval times, they couldn't understand. Right. But you want to know something? Once you open up the Kalir, you see why Rabbi, Rabbi Elazar HaKalir, he's the father. He literally holds us by the hand, and he takes us through Jewish philosophy. He takes us through the, the emotions and the thoughts that we should be having throughout the day of Tisha B'Av. It, it, it's The Rav shows you the depth and the power of, and the greatness of the Kalir. Right. Is it... Um, and again, I mean, you, you, look, you just explained it, and the, the Rav did what nobody had done before, explanations, 
going into things in depth, making it easier for a regular person, so to speak, to get into it. But is there any other element? Is there another element where it was, where it was, um, it, where, where only the Rav could have done this? There have been a lot of wonderful and incredible rabbinic leaders in our previous generations. But what was the element that, that gave him the opportunity to present this in a way that the regular Balabas out there finally started to appreciate what the Kinnis are all about? I think he saw what you articulated so well, Nachum. He saw that people were getting nothing out of the day. And he felt that he had a responsibility to mm-hmm. his community in Brookline. And ultimately it caught on. And, and literally people came from all over America. Right. And while one could not say the same thing about the Yom and the Royim, to a degree, the high holidays, again, were, were, were difficult for many people. And as you said earlier with his Rosh Hashanah and Kippur Machser, sort of did the same thing, brought people in and said, you know, realize what this day is all about. I'm going to help you get through it, so to speak. So yeah. a lot of ways that's a, uh, uh, that's the same. Now you said that you will be in Florida. That Sunday for Tisha B'Av, where will Rabbi Weinrib be? Rabbi Weinrib will be broadcasting out of the OU Center for right. Yerushalayim. In other words, oh, he'll, he'll be in Jerusalem. He'll be in Jerusalem, so it's really 2 a.m. our time, right. you know, because they're right. seven years, seven hours right, ahead. Right. Uh, w- one thing that's fascinating about the Kinos as well, I mean, I- I've had the great honor of working with Rabbi Ephraim Kanafogel mm-hmm. and Rabbi Jeffrey Wolf, um, both great medieval yeah. Jewish historians. Both amazing. And the Kinos vis-a-vis the Crusades, the Kinos vis-a-vis the burning of the Talmud in 1242 in Paris, written by the Maram of Rottenburg. Just the, the history leading up to that and the consequences and the reverberations of what that did to the whole Masora and what it did to Yadus Ashkenaz. So we'll be going into that as well. Mm-hmm. I had the, the great honor of this year of, of speaking to Talmidim of the Baba Varebi. We're going to be dealing with his Kinna on the Holocaust. And over the last week, there's a great, great Rav. His name was Rabbi Tzvi Hirsch Meisels. Rabbi Tzvi Hirsch Meisels, anyone who's heard that name, he, he escaped. He was the Weitz in the Rav, Vats in, in Hungary. The famous questions that came up in Auschwitz in 1944 about the father who had money to save his son from being sent to the gas chambers, but it would mean another child. Those terrible, terrible Shilas. So I've, I've had a chance to interview his daughter, his son, who's a Rav in, in Seagate, who was with him in Auschwitz. Auschwitz. Mm. His son today is, is, is a Rav in Seagate. He was a 15-year-old boy at the time of the liberation. And in the impact of the Weizen Rav in his Sefer Mekadshe Hashem, as well as the impact of this Rav Tzvi Hirsch Meisels, the Weizen Rav in Bergen-Belsen, he has a whole Sefer, Takanas Agunos, where what did he do? He was Mechazek the survivors after the liberation, and he spent those first couple of years doing anything he could within the realm of Halacha to be Matir, these women, to start their life again. Wow. So he's got this Sefer Takanas Agunas, and then when he got to Chicago in the 50s, he wrote a Sefer called Mikadche Hashem. I just ask of anyone, I beg of you, read the introduction to that, and if you're not great in Hebrew, get Esther Farbstein's book. It's called The for, for Forgotten Memoirs. The Forgotten Memoirs are the memoirs of 10 or 11 rabbinim. Very few rabbis survived the Shoah. Right. They always took the rabbi out and, and killed him first. But they would write their story, the story of their family, their community. Read in Forgotten Memoirs the introduction to Mekadshe Hashem. Rabbi Tzvi Hirsch Meisels talks about what happened in Hungary, what happened in Auschwitz. That in itself is the greatest work of Amuna, the greatest work 
of Musser, much of that will be incorporating uh, on Tisha B'Av into the Kinos. Rabbi Stephen Weil is here. OU.org will present uh, Kinos with both Rabbi Weil and Rabbi Weinrib. By the way, a completely unfair question, but uh, if one were to ask the different styles that Rabbi Weil and Rabbi Weinrib bring to the table, is there anything obvious or, or not? Yeah, I, I would say that I spend much more time explaining and developing the kinos, bringing in all of Jewish history into the words of the kinos. Rabbi Weinrib spends much more time, he'll take a theme each and every year. He'll use kinos. It's not that he doesn't do kinos, but I think he spends much more time on the theme. Uh, it was Rabbi Weinrib who edited the Rub's kinos, correct, if I'm not mistaken? Re- well, actually, with Simon Posner, Rabbi Weinrib did this amazing job of translating the kinos. Right. And Simon Posner put together the, the 12 years of the Rub in Boston uh, into a commentary. So it was his translation that we know so well, yes. uh, meaning Rabbi Weinrib. And I asked him when he was here to uh, alert the community that that, that Kinnis book was available. Uh, this goes back a couple of years. I said to him, it, must be, it might, must be disappointing to a degree that so much of your year, as we're, as we're celebrating Purim, you're thinking Kinnis. You know, as, we're, as we're lighting Hanukkah candles, you're, you're going into your office at night and, and, you know, and pouring over two, three pages of Kinnis. You know, it must be very difficult to be in a state of mourning all year round. Now, you mentioned that you uh, have gone ahead and obviously over the last few months you've researched things and added things to your Kinnis repertoire. What is it like, you know, Shavuos time having to think of the Kinnis? <laughs> but you know, Nachum, what's amazing? The Jewish philosophy, the Hashkafas Olam, of, of our whole way of looking at the world and as well as the study of, of crucial Jewish history. So, like, for instance, when you learn, say, from Malachim or Divrei Hayamim, when you're learning Yirmiyahu, or when you're doing something that's not related to the Churban, because of the work that you do, the, the, the Jewish philosophy translates and manifests itself the rest of the year. Mm. So, it's, in other words, it's not just depression. Right. It's actually, it opens up vistas. <laughs> well, that's good. Then we know you're the right man for the job. What can I tell you? Will today's political atmosphere we know what's going on now. Washington, Tehran, Jerusalem, etc. This is going to be a big topic for this summer of 2015. Is any of that going to sneak into your presentation this year? Malay Vagadish. It's going to be throughout. Really? In other words, what we're looking at, th- this is a repeat of 1938. Look, we, you know, when, when Winston Churchill, who was who was cursed the dirtiest thing you could call a Brit was a warmonger and that's what they called him and they turned him into a pariah when he turned to Neville Chamberlain and said he says you could have chosen war or dishonor you chose dishonor and you will have war we are looking at that I, I, I pray to God the Almighty intervenes but without the Almighty's intervention we are looking at, at, at a catastrophe. The difference was Hitler didn't have nuclear capability. Right. And, and this works its way into a Kinnis presentation simply because you're, you're speaking about many episodes in Jewish history that have led to disaster, and now we're at sort of the introductory part to, God forbid, the p- capability, the possibility of another disaster, God forbid? How many times do we read in the Kinos that the Jewish people were asleep? You know, we were literally w- walking through it days and in, in, in not sensitive to our issues and not hearing the wake-up calls from the Almighty. When Providence right. was knocking, giving us that opportunity. Right. And I just pray to God that we wake up.
that yeah. we change, we go through a transformation. And I'm not just speaking politically. Yeah. I'm talking about theologically. I'm talking about Jews working together. You and I know that this deal, the one that you know was agreed upon this week, could have been agreed upon earlier this year. It could have been January. It could have been April, around Pesach time. Yet it happens during the three weeks. A lot of people have made a very big deal about this. I I am never sure. You know, I've seen a lot over the years in terms of you know what's happened in the Jewish world and the timing, etc. What are your thoughts that now we're in the three weeks and finally this thing seems to be a solid uh, deal? Oh yeah. The, by the way, there's no poker player like the Persians. They are mm. the most. You talk to the Persian Jews or the Persian Muslims who fled after the downfall of the Shah. No one can negotiate like a Persian. And what they've done is the longer they've they've drained this out, the better it's been for them. W- ultimately, this date in history, which, as you mentioned so well, is, is part of the three weeks. Right. This, I pray to God, it's not the case. But this may go down as one of the darkest days in history. And sure enough, we know about the timing and the time of year that it is. Everybody, Steve Weil is here. He's Senior Managing Director at the OU. Uh, Sunday, the 26th of July, or more accurately for us on Tishabov, you'll be able to enjoy quote-unquote, his presentation uh, from Florida as he will be at the Boca Raton Synagogue. And hundreds of people will be there. Thousands will be online, ou.org. Nobody needs to register in advance, right? It'll just be there for people to actually log on and participate. Um, is there one kinna that you could share with us today? Is there one that – and by the way, there are certain synagogues. There are certain groups that gather Tisha B'Av and and handpick a group of kinnas to be recited. And don't go for the entire group of I don't know what is it sixty seventy I don't know how many kinnis there are in the entire in the entire uh, uh, kinnis book. Um, I don't know if you agree with that uh, approach or not. Every rabbi can make a decision for their own congregation, <laughs> but they do that specifically because they'd rather concentrate on five, ten, whatever the number is of kinnis and do it well than worry about people who will not be able to just sit for three, four hours and recite everything. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've got to tell you, I usually pick each and every year. I plan on doing about 2022. 20, we never make it past 14 or 15. In the five hours, maybe we cover 15 kinos. Oh, so that's your approach to begin with. Yeah. Uh, is there one you could share with us? Is there one that, uh, you know, we know there's some famous kinos out there. We, we could name them, and there's certain quote-unquote highlights to the kinos service. But maybe there's a more obscure one or one that people aren't always thinking of when they think of the most famous of kinnas that you could share with us today? There's a medieval kinna. We, the Ashkenazim, have a tradition. The Sephardim have their own kinna about right. the same idea. This is based on a Gemara and a Medrash. And it's something that you would never expect to see in the kinnas. It's the story of the daughter and the son of Rabbi Yishmael Kohen Gadol. They weren't killed. They weren't tortured. They were sold as slaves. Right. And it describes ultimately, you know, that the, that they died of depression. And the question is, of all the terrible calamities and tragedies, why does the Gemara, the Medrash, the Ashkenaz, and the Svardim, why is it so crucial that this is, this is, you know, something that has to be, you know, front and center? It's a 23rd kinna. And I think it speaks to us so well, our generation. Because it's not just about the six million Kedoshim. What about those who, who were not killed? who survived but never survived. You know, the, the Claims Conference says right. that 70 years after the liberation of Auschwitz, five years ago, they had a study. One-third of all survivors were living under the poverty level. Right. Not in the former Soviet Union, in America, in right. Australia, in Canada. And certainly Israel. Yeah, in Israel. You know the story that we don't tell? 
it's it's the the living ghosts mm-hmm. we have to wake up every morning and have they've never left 1945 we have to have gratitude to them and we have to acknowledge them not just the kadoshim who are most nefesh in that one moment but what about the people who are most nefesh each and every day for 10 40 60 years who lead these terrible lives and and by the way it extends to their children right what does it mean to be the child of a survivor you know where where you go to bed with the stories of how your your loved ones were butchered, those pa- these family members you've never known, who, you know, you live with the guilt because you have six names. You know, if, if your parent could have, they would have given you 60 names. Right. What about the child of survivors, you know, who they grow up and they're raised. Every other kid, when they fall off the bicycle and scrape their knees, what happens? They come back to mommy. She kisses it, you know, makes the boo-boo go away, gives them an ice cream. <laughs> and this kid was raised. When they came back crying, the parents said, you think you have <laughs> you think you have problems? Let me tell you about Cyrus. And they were raised that way. I mean, and it's not just the survivors. Right. What about the, the widows and the orphans of the people who, who their sons never came home, their husbands never came home from a battle in the Gaza, from a battle in southern Lebanon? These ultimately, we have, you know, the, 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 the walking ghosts, the, yeah. the, the ones who walk with that scar tissue. And they walk amongst us, and as I was reminded many times as a kid, it is not our role to judge them. It is our role to assist them in any way possible and uh, leave the judgment to the one above. Oh, you're so right. And that's the point of this, Kina. We've got to appreciate and have gratitude for how they've suffered and sacrificed, and God forbid not to sit in judgment. By the way, you raise, uh, you just alluded to something I'd love to emphasize again to this audience. I've said it before. Uh, we have met people, um, good friends of ours, who uh, at one point, I don't know how the conversation uh, started, but at one point revealed that they, meaning meaning the their siblings and their family, were the only kids in school in Brooklyn that had grandparents. In fact, they said it was such an aberration that the other kids in the class did not realize that parents could have parents. And for those of us, thank God, who are in the midst of this unique generation, where often you go to family simchas and there are four generations, four healthy, solid generations at one simcha, that's a good thing to appreciate as we get to this time of year. Yes, so absolutely. You know, one thing that's not associated with the OU Tishabov, if I yeah. could just mention, sure. I had a chance, and I, I want to acknowledge Ruth Lichtenstein sure. of Hamodia. She's a superstar. And she it, was here last week. Yeah. She was here last yeah. week. An advance of the event. And my friend Davi Gross of, yeah. of Passaic, of Clifton, who, who was involved in this, they put together a film on Polish Jewry. I know that Rabbi Baum at Ketcher Torah, they're going to be showing at 6 p.m. on Tisha B'Av. It's an extremely powerful film on Polish Jewry. Not only is it powerful from a historical point of view, it's got the story of Rabbi Lau, but but from an emotional, from an Amuna point of view, very, very, very significant. I mean, you know, those who can prepare for Tisha B'Av, we're in the three weeks, we're about to start the nine days, read anything you can get your hands on from Esther Farbstein. You know, please, the forgotten memoirs. See a film like this. That debuted, the film you you just mentioned, debuted this past Tuesday night. Uh, you mentioned uh, Teaneck on Tishabov. It'll be shown. It will also be shown. I'm glad you brought this up. And Mrs. Lichtenstein's going to be very proud of you for bringing it up. Uh, it'll be shown Monday in Brooklyn, a women's program at a Terrace Gold on 50th Street, the first showing at 5.30, the second at 8 p.m. In fact, Mrs. Ruth Lichtenstein, director of Project Witness, will be there 
with remarks at that program. There'll be a men's program at Lipschitz Hall on 14th Avenue that evening as well. In the Catskills, on Wednesday, July 22nd at the Monticello High School, a teen program at 3 p.m. and a women's program at 7.30. And again, Mrs. Lichtenstein will be there to address the crowd. Call 718-WITNESS for information. Rabbi Stephen Wilde is here. Rabbi Stephen Weil, W-E-I-L, is here, Senior Managing Director of the OU. The uh, the date is uh, the 26th of July, but more significantly for us, it's the 10th of Av. This year, that's when Tisha B'Av is observed. On that Sunday, the Orthodox Union Tisha B'Av webcast will feature OU Executive Vice President Emeritus Rabbi Tzvirish Weinrib and Rabbi Stephen Weil, and you get an opportunity to hear them both if you go to ou.org slash Tisha B'Av, ou.org slash Tisha B'Av. I would assume that your department that deals with political advocacy is stepping things up because a lot of very prominent organizations are going to be spending time speaking to members of the House of Representatives and members of the United States Senate in light of this battle that's going to be waged now in Washington. I've got actually Senator Patty Murray's coming to our house Sunday. She's one of the Democrats that could go either way. You know, when we're looking for at least 67 to override the presidential veto. The pressure from the President of the United States is going to be immense. Uh, any member of the Democratic Party who, who in fact does go in the other direction is going to be no doubt criticized by the Obama administration. And it will not be appreciated much by the Obama administration. Look at what the administration did to our own Senator Menendez. Right. I mean, you know, I, I think that speaks volumes. No question about it. So that's one thing. And then the, uh, I assume that the world of Kashras continues to uh, stand on solid ground at the OU. Uh, and I'm, anything new we should know about. Oh, I tell you, <laughs> I, if I could leave the world of cautious as, for a second. As the nine days begin tonight, anything <laughs> daring we should know about. <laughs> oh, that's yes, go ahead. Question. We are very proud. When I came on board five years ago, we sent two buses to um, of, of kids with no background. Right. Most of these kids have not had a barabat mitzvah, can't, literally can't identify the letters of the alphabet. This summer, we've, we've got 12 buses of TJJ, the Jerusalem journey, in Israel. One of those buses, we called TJJ Poland, we had the chance to prepare, and, and they've spent eight days in Poland, now they're in Israel. And, uh, you know, there was an article that was very well written in the JTA by Professor Stephen Cohn, that the best way to prepare these kids for university, for life, to, to combat the BDS that they're going to encounter on the campus is ultimately that education we give them in the public schools, at the Starbucks, over the summer, at right. the Shabbatonim. So this TJJ, it, it literally, the reason it's so powerful is of the 500 kids that go, each and every one of them becomes a leader, brings their friends, their family into the world of, of Jewish history, of the Masorah, and of the people of Israel and the nation of Israel. Do their colleagues, because these are what we would call, excuse the expression, public school kids, right? I mean, unaffiliated public school kids. Unaffiliated yeah. public school kids. I don't mean to say that in a derogatory yeah. manner, just that's how we would refer to them. And do they get a lot of pushback at home? And I don't mean at home from parents. I mean at home from their classmates and colleagues when, when their classmates and colleagues are spending their summer very differently than they are? You know, it's amazing. Most most American Jews, unaffiliated American Jews, are progressive or liberal politically. Right. I'm not saying that's bad. It, right. it is what fact. it is. Right. It's a fact. What happens 
you know, when people start with this nonsense about an apartheid nation and right. about the wall, they can say, hey, I was there. It's a fence. The only place they put up walls by the 443 when they were shooting at Israeli motorists going to work. Right. They can say, I was there. I, I saw the facts. You can't tell these lies to me. It's incredible because these are kids who, you know, Israel was a third world nation. Then they go there. They, they, they get turned on. They, they're on fire. They come back. But what would make... Five, six, I mean, what is, what's 12 buses? What is that? How many? 500 is kids, five, 43 kids a bus. What would make 500 kids do that? I'll tell you what it is. Because if you would, if you'd address the question I asked you, they must be under tremendous pressure by their friends not to go to Israel for the summer. We, you, you know what it is? <laughs> well, first of all, we, I mean, it costs me a fortune in terms, and I have to thank our funding partners. Right. We heavily subsidize it. So that's first of all. It's, it's, it's a great price, number one. I know the yeshiva parents say, why can't you do that for our kids? <laughs> but, but the reality is we're going to lose these. If, if we don't right. bring them to Israel, we will lose them. But you know what it is? It's week after week with these great people, the young women, young men in their 20s, yeah, the who are most fish in the clubs. Right. They go have a public school club every week. Yeah, the truth is, when they go to the clubs, week. their colleagues are also probably telling them they're nuts for doing that. So they're already used to that whole, you know. But, you know, they get exposed over time, right. you know, from the staff. The staff is amazing. We have these young men and young women who really care about them. So, you know, week after week in their public school, week after week, get a latte and learning. Why are we doing it at Starbucks? Right. They're not even under the OU. Why right. are we doing it at Starbucks? Because right. these kids, psychologically, they're not going to a JCC. Right. They're not going into a shul. You know, when, right. when you and I grew up, the largest youth group was BBYO. Why? Because right. no self-respecting Jewish kid would be caught dead in a, in a temple or a synagogue. Right. They went to the JCC. Right. Today, we're the largest. The OU, the JSU network of the OU is the largest youth group. Why? Because they're not going to the JCC, but you can get them in the public school what do you hear from the other ncsy summer programs we have a uh, an inside connection to give we hear it's doing remarkably well they spent the day in jerusalem today uh we have an inside connection to built we hear that that program continues to flourish what do you hear in general about the ncsy summer programs oh thank god we've got an amazing staff you know yacha just left they just all right uh, my daughter happens to be she was not only at one time was an attendee but she's an advisor on that's that. the yad biyad trip yad biyad w- what it is is we 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 literally pick la creme de la creme to be the staff of these summer programs some of them are great and they care about the kids not just on the program after the program and thank God, Nachum, thank God we don't have a war this summer. That's for sure. So, remember last year, oh, they, yes. they were up north, but that was as, you know, that was the only part they could yeah. be. Thank God the summer has started relatively normally, except diplomatically and politically, but yeah. the facts on the ground still, still seem to be pretty stable. Um, so there you have it, the uh, incredible work of the, uh, the OU, and a big shout-out to those who are responsible for the NCSY summer program. Uh, Yom NCSY is coming up right after Tisha B'Av. I mean, you're, you're going to gather with all the different groups from all over Israel in one place. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, I'm going to miss it. You can't make it from Boca Raton to Yom NCSY in time. That's unless how someone, quickly it is? Was that Tuesday? It's, wow. Yeah, unless somebody wants to take me on their private plane, <laughs> I think we're going to miss it this year. So there you have it. Maybe, but, you know, we're hoping to have the leadership of the government of Israel there. It's, it's incredible because you've got Jewish kids from from no background right. and from a very substantive background, NCSY Kolel. These kids are coming from yeshivas from all over all over the North America, and they're all spending the day together. That day together, they're going to grow together. <laughs> they're going to bond together. What a what an experience! Pretty amazing. Um, everybody, make sure I will remind you. Believe me, uh, to tune in. To OU.org, the uh, OU.org slash Tishabov site. That's where both Rabbi Weinrib and Rabbi Weil will be presenting a kinnis 
in uh, in-depth fashion and really in informative fashion. Uh, the reason that hundreds are there on the spot and thousands tune in from around the world is because they really do open up the Kinnis, a very, very difficult service uh, for so many people. Uh, they open it up and uh, allow everybody to uh, finally understand and appreciate what it is that we're saying on Tisha B'Av. May this be the final time. Rabbi Weil, as oh, much as, as much as you love the gig, <laughs> may this be the final time that you have to lead a kindness service right. internationally. <laughs> From a theological point of view, I'd much rather teach for five hours Shavuos night or teach, you know, Hoshana Rabba, teach Kohela, something to that effect. There you go. That's you right. see, this, we, may this be the last we, time. We will supplement things for you <laughs> if, in fact, we eliminate the Tisha B'Av service, please, God. Uh, and an easy fast and a great summer, and thank you so much for being here today. I want to thank you. I, I've got to tell you, you're the one who brought brings the Jewish people together. Thank you very much. By, by being thoughtful, sensitive, not only to the OU, but to all Jews. Right. In, in all I can say is on behalf of my family, our communities, we love listening to you, not only because of the music, but because of your sensitivity, your leadership, and ultimately, you, you, you force us to think, you force us to grow as Jews. Thank and you. we couldn't ask for anything better. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Rabbi Stephen Weil, Thursday morning, this is JM in the AM. <laughs>
Thursday morning, Erev Rosh Chodesh, and nine days begin tonight. Tomorrow is Rosh Chodesh Menachem Av. One day Rosh Chodesh. We'll get into our nine days format on Monday here at JM and the AM. We'll include my father's presentation, the uh, eulogy of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, which is always a very much requested piece each year here at JM and the AM. It was delivered during the month of Av and during the Shloshim observance of the Rebbe 21 years ago. 65 degrees, partly cloudy, a high temperature of 82. Yerushalayim now at 85. Up in Guilford, New York, our friends at Camp Masora, they're at uh, 49 degrees, heading up to 79. want to give a special shout-out to those who went to sleep very late in Camp Masora last night. In fact, I think we'd have to call it this morning. <laughs> I'll tell you, when you leave for camp at midnight, you're not going to get there until early in the morning when you're uh, heading up uh, to Guilford, New York. Another great staff member learned that lesson early this morning. I can tell you that much. Um, so best regards. Speaking of camp, a big shout-out going out to our friends at Camp Hask. We had an amazing and incredible visit there, as you heard yesterday morning. And um, I mentioned earlier, I can't believe that when we were talking about the incredible medical facility and their staff of 25 people that uh, that guides Camp Hask on a daily basis, I couldn't believe I didn't mention the... Uh, Amazing people at J Drugs in Brooklyn, New York. Larry and Ronnie Birnbaum are responsible for so much of the support system and the uh, the dispensing system that goes on uh, at Hask and many other camps. And they, of course, are uh, one of the greatest vocal advocates for the incredible work of Camp Hask. Every single time they're on this show, we discuss that. So I want to give them a special shout-out and let them know that... Um, that we are thinking of them and their incredible uh, contribution to uh, life in camp for so many campers, but especially those up at Camp Ask, who, as you heard during our show yesterday, have a lot of difficult situations to deal with. So, Larry and Ronnie, kudos to you and greetings on this Erev Rosh Chodesh at JM in the AM. Uh, listener Yehudis on the app says, thanks for playing Everything We Eat is Milchik, one of great 18, one of 18 great tracks off of Schlockapella for the nine days. Uh, good morning, says one of our listeners on the app uh, from I-95 in North Carolina. We've been streaming the app since midnight on the way home to Brooklyn. Thank you. Thank you. That is great. I love when I hear about people who are taking these 8- to 10-hour journeys in their car, and they're with us on the app all through the entire time. Uh, listener Yaakov says, happy birthday to Nochi. We'll say happy birthday as well from all of us here at JM in the AM. Uh, the deal. Everyone's talking about the deal. Everyone's talking about the deal. The deal with Iran is the focus, no doubt, of our discussion tomorrow morning with Malcolm Honline. Make sure to be tuned in. Malcolm Honline joins us tomorrow morning, starting at 7.40 Eastern Time. We call it the weekly update. So make sure to be tuned in for that. Uh, Malcolm Homeline weekly update tomorrow morning, right here, 7.40 in the morning at JM in the AM. Great day on our stream, especially, I mean, hey, we're, we're in, uh, you know, encore presentation time on the stream uh, during the uh, three weeks and nine days. And nonetheless, we still have amazing programming that's really worth listening to. Today, the boardroom right after JM and the AM with Charlie Harari features Michael Davis of Plymouth Group and Ellie Lassen of Joblink 
in Maryland. Jew in the City Speaks at 10 a.m. with Mike Dube and Yoni Greenstein. Hey there, Yoni. I don't know if Yoni remembers. I saw him in Newark, New Jersey a while back. They're founders of the Sharing Seats organization. That's Life will feature by Dr. Jay Goldman, the author of the Koran Anit's Fila Weekday Sitter. It's a gorgeous kid sitter. And the stunt show at 1 o'clock is going to be Mark Zamek and Naomi Nachman on an era of nine days doing their barbecue special. It'll be the repeat of that great barbecue special with a big shout-out to our friends at Cedar Market. They were extremely helpful uh, with that show. Throwback Thursday at 3 o'clock will feature Mayor Weingarten sitting in for me back in July of 2005. Wow. So you're able to hear a classic JM in the AM. And the brand-new edition of The Hour of Jewish Soul with Charlie Bernhout starts at 7 o'clock tonight on our stream, jmtheam.org, NSN app. Make sure to be tuned in. The Jerusalem Post reports, two days after the nuclear deal was reached between world powers and Iran, the defense establishment in Israel is expecting that the U.S. military aid package to Israel will increase in the coming years. Defense officials believe that certain aspects of the aid package may be strengthened, such as the inclusion of an additional squadron of F-35 fighter jets, extra funding for the development of defense systems and restocking munitions that the IDF is in great need of a year after Operation Protected Edge. U.S. Secretary of St- U.S. Secretary of Defense Ashton Carter considered a close friend of his, of his Israeli counterpart Moshe Yalon is scheduled to arrive in Israel next week. He's expected to lay out a package of defense benefits on Yalon's table in order to ease the heightened tension between Washington and Jerusalem over the nuclear deal. That will be interesting. We can discuss that and a million other things tomorrow morning during the weekly update. Make sure to be tuned in right here. At JM in the AM. Oh, and if you're heading up to visiting day, you got one of those long trips visiting day this coming Sunday, make sure to um, tune into the NSN app. Easy enough. Or if you wish, you could use the uh, the regular telephone. A lot of people have this unlimited thing on their telephone. So you could stream live from your phone. All you got to do is call the number 605-562-4400. 605-562-4400. This is JM in the AM. Zafra 
Want to give a special hello to those who are in Israel who are tuned in now on the NSN app. A uh, guten chodesh to you as Rosh Chodesh begins uh, a little earlier for you than for us. Rosh Chodesh Av, the nine days, begins tonight. A one-day Rosh Chodesh, everybody. Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM Dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Wraps up a Thursday for us here at JMNAM. Great programming, as we said earlier, on our stream all day long at jmnam.org and the NSN app. Tomorrow will be a unique opportunity for us to really get into a conversation about the Iran deal. Malcolm Holmline will join us, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Tomorrow morning, 7.40 Eastern Time here at JMNAM. Make sure... To be tuned in. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember to past, live the present, and trust the future.